Welcome to the Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions has a competition running until January 31st. That's soon. They need a name for their new mascot and they want you to help. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn and help name their mascot by commenting on their post. The winning name will win a free residential cleaning. Also check them out at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Check me out on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. So obviously feeling quite a bit better than I was on Wednesday, so happy about that. Uh, We got a lot to cover on the show today. It is Fights and Football Friday, and we got a lot of all of those. We got the NFL Conference Championships going on. The Ultimate Fighting Championship had their show last weekend. We've already run through a couple of the main storylines, but just want to go a little bit more in depth on each fight. And then we close the show, the main event of the evening. Don't know why I did it like that, but I did, and we're here. I could stop, but I'm not going to. Uh, Girana is joining us to break down the Royal Rumble. So, a lot to get to, but before we get to the fights and the football, I just want to say how cool it is to be a Canadian sports fan right now. We are coming up on an Olympic Games where the focus is obviously not going to be the men's hockey tournament, and I I think as someone who is a fan of more than just hockey, I get very frustrated sometimes when it's just hockey, 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 hockey all the time. I need hockey, more hockey, everything's hockey, because there's a lot of great sports things happening right now, and... For a while, that wasn't necessarily the case. You know, like, we, we, we had some cool moments, but it was like, oh, wow, Canada only lost by three in men's soccer. Isn't that dope of them? Well, they got a tie? Fantastic. The, like, the Thursday at the Masters was always sweet, because you get a couple of clips of the Canadians. Like, well, I mean, sure, they're plus five, but at least they're out there, and golly gee whiz, they're trying. And same thing, like, the first weekend of Wimbledon. It's like, well, Canadian took a set. That was fun for a minute, wasn't it? Like, we just, we never really had that. But there's been this renaissance in non-hockey sports over the last little while that's been truly amazing to see. And it it has very much been happening for a long time on the women's side um, with, like, the the women's soccer team. And now we are getting it with the men's soccer team as well. And no bigger moment than last night with a a 2-0 win over Honduras. And Alfonso Davies, uh, Alfonso Davies, sorry, his reaction on his live stream, which we definitely need, definitely need more of those types of things. I don't think you can do that for an 82-game NHL regular season. I've sat up in the press box beside NHL players who are watching their guys play, and sometimes they get a little worked up about it. Sometimes it's eh, a little bland. Um, so probably not something we would need for every NHL game, but I, I thought a cool idea. And it just... I just wanted to start the show by saying how great it is to see the development, not just of hockey in this country, but of every sport. We got more baseball players than ever. We got kids going to the National Football League straight out of school. Um, And even just getting to the NCAA is pretty wicked. You you have, like in basketball, we're starting to just not, we're, we're starting to leave off Canadians from the Olympic team who are playing in the NBA. That's never happened before. And then on down the line, it's been a amazing, like really last five years or so for Canadian sports. And you just, to steal the phrase the kids are saying right now, or probably not saying right now because I'm very much out of tune, you love to see it. So now to the football. The the football portion of the Fights in Football Friday comes first. It is the NFL. It is Championship Sunday. First up, it's the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. This is one where the line hasn't really moved all that much. It's just the price that you have to lay to make the uh, to, to 
get in on that line on Kansas City has gone up a little bit over the last little bit. And that's been something that's really been looked at because it there is a point where if this line got a bit too high, it, it just it wouldn't make any sense. And you, you would have to go on the Cincinnati side. And maybe that's what they're going to eventually try to do. But right now it has on Bodog gone over um, that, that key number of seven. Now it's seven and a half. There are some places that are stuck at seven, but you have to go minus 120 on it to get that amount. This is one I'm going Kansas City in this game. The total is at 54 and a half, by the way. If you want to just go Kansas City money line there at minus 350. But 54 and a half is the total. I kind of like the over in that one as well. This is supposed to be apparently a very nice day in Kansas City. They are back at Arrowhead. This is just such a juggernaut chief team. And the main story of this game is going to be, can the Bengals keep up? And I have major concerns about the offensive line for the Bengals. Cincinnati, the last two weeks has needed like Ryan Tannehill to have an awful game and the Titans offensive coordinator to have one of the worst game plans of the year. And they needed to face a Raiders team that got right to the freaking goal line with a chance to win the game. And they beat both of those teams, but it's just that they've got a lot of help along the way is the point that I'm trying to make. And the offensive line in both games against the Raiders, it, if you just looked at a box score, it looked like they kind of held up because Burrow was able to be a magician and it's only Max Crosby really coming after him in that game. Against the Titans, there was a few guys coming at him and that was a major problem. And I think that's going to be a problem again here against Cincinnati or against Kansas City, sorry, with Frank Clark coming in on the pass rush. I just feel like this Kansas City O-line that was able to get close to Josh Allen, or sorry, this Kansas City D-line that was able to get close to Josh Allen on a few occasions in the divisional round last weekend and just Josh Allen is a tank and was able to get away from them. I don't know if Burrow's going to be able to do that. His escapability is high for sure, and he is an extremely talented quarterback, but I just don't think he is going to be good enough to be able to, A, deal with all of the issues that they have on the offensive line while being able to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. That just feels like it's a bridge too far, so I, I am going to say that the that, that's going to be a major key in this one. I also think Cincinnati's defense is a little bit overrated. Again, last week, they, they hold the Titans to 19 points. They held the Raiders, I believe, also to 19 points, and they've put up some low scores, but when you look at the quarterbacks, it's a lot of backups, and it's a lot of injured dudes, and then it's just a whole lot of not good, and when they faced Patrick Mahomes, they got lit up, and I, I put a lot of that on Kansas City, kind of took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. That's not going to happen in the postseason. I think this Bengals defense is a little bit of a mirage. I think the offensive line problems are now finally going to show up now that you've gone into that elite level of competition, and I just think that Kansas City is on another level. Level right now. The way Patrick Mahomes was passing was almost a perfect game on Saturday or on sorry, on Sunday evening. And you have Jarek McKinnon who has unlocked a couple of things in this offense. You have a defense that I mean obviously got shredded last week. We'll see the status of Tyron Matthew for this game, but I, I, I just think, and this is going to be a story for the weekend, I just think Kansas City is better, so I got them covering minus seven and a half. You, you, you might buy an extra point. It'll be a little bit costly, but uh, might buy an extra point just to feel a little bit more comfortable with that one. San Francisco taking on the Rams, uh, a rare divisional matchup in the conference championship game, which means these two teams have faced each other three times, and the last six times they have played, San Francisco has got the better of Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. And that is a main focus for a lot of people this week. And I just, I can't, I just can't put it on the Rams or sorry, put it on the 49ers. Like I just, I can't 
get there with this team, with this quarterback. It's only a three and a half point spread again for the Rams. It's to me, the Rams are just the better football team. That's what it comes to. And in, when you get into the playoff games, I just can't go against who I think is the better football team. And I just, I would rather have, when you see what Matthew Stafford did with the game on the line last week, and you see what Jimmy Garoppolo has done when he's had to pass ever. He's 3-0 and in playoff games when he doesn't throw a touchdown pass. He has, I think it's 70-some-odd passing touchdown, or uh, passing completion, sorry, in or passing attempts, sorry, in his time as a, a winning quarterback in playoff games. That, that stuff, it just concerns me when you come down to the most important games of the season. And so I, I think the Rams do get the job done, but I think this is going to be a really close game. And I, again, this is not one that's going to require a whole lot of self-assessment after to see, oh, wow, where did I screw that one up? It's it's going to be, yeah, I, I went against the team that's already beat these guys twice in the season. But I just, I can't, I can't imagine a team as good as the Rams losing to the 49ers three straight times. That's the football portion. Uh, we go to the UFC, and the, these Friday shows, I want to go a little bit more in-depth on some of the fights that we saw from the, the previous weekend, or like we did last week, a uh, full preview of the, the main shows. Nothing from the UFC this weekend. Um, we do have a Bellator card coming out here in a little bit. You have a heavyweight title fight at the top. Not a, a blow-away Bellator card, but a big night for Bellator nonetheless. The the night started with Kay Hansen taking on Jasmine Yesavis. I screwed up every time. Yesavidius probably screwed that up too. I was really impressed with how technical um, Jasmine was. I, I I thought she got to put on her a little bit in the third and had a bit of an issue with, with Kay Hansen's speed, but I overall, I like the, the straight punches, technically sound when it came to takedown defense and working the takedowns as well. I thought Hansen showed like a, a raw prospect. I like how quick she is. Obviously, there was no give up in her. She was down a couple of rounds and just came forward in the third, but she did seem a little small in there. And we talked about everything that she she has gone through um, in, in the past and working her way through different, like working her way through eating disorders and working her way through a lot of mental um, problems that she has been having. And so I, I still don't think we have seen, well, certainly she's 22 years old. We definitely haven't seen the best Kay Hansen yet, but it, it was clear in this fight, like she was just short. And Jasmine is, I mean, A, Hansen's coming up from 115 pounds. I think Hansen is going to develop into a pretty good fighter at this weight class, but it just it, it the, the size discrepancy was an issue for her against Jasmine in this fight. Jasmine was just able to defend a lot of stuff because she was bigger, and that was uh, I thought an issue in this belt. But I'm intrigued to see both of them again, um, and that's I think a, a pretty good compliment for both. Silvia Gomez Juarez taking on Vanessa Demopoulos crazy fight. Juarez gets the knockdown. Demopoulos has the composure to grab an arm, get a tap. Really impressive to, to be able to do that. She said she woke up on the ground like, oh, well, I better do something. For Juarez, that's a bit of a rookie mistake. You see it more and more now. Like, there was a lot of focus in the, I don't want to say in the early days of MMA, although, like, grand scheme of things, we're still in the early days of MMA, but about, like, 10, 15 years ago in this sport where you really had to be careful when you're going in for a finish, you really have to be careful about where you're leaving arms and stuff like that. And as fighters have got better about handling just being on top in general, I I think that that threat has kind of gone away, but Juarez did get a little bit sloppy in that, and Demopoulos was able to take advantage. Demopoulos talking about how she was finally able to focus on this sport full-time, and that's something we're going to get into a little bit later. I guess we can get into it now a little bit with fighter pay. This is why, when we talk about fighter pay, that this is some of the stuff that we are are to be focusing on. When you have fighters 
who can focus full time on this sport, which I, I will say again, like I, I don't think with Demopolis and Juarez fighting here on the the um I was gonna say the Facebook prelims, that's going back a bit. On the fight pass prelims, I don't think these are fighters who should be making a million dollars. Like that's they're certainly li- not not everyone should be getting yachts for every UFC fight. But if you are fighting on like in the biggest promotion, that should be able to be your full time job. I and there are a lot of different things that, that fighters have to pay for, like training camps and things of that nature. But the UFC is making billions of dollars off of this. And they have a giant deal with ESPN. These fighters should just like this. All I am asking right now is for fighters like the the ones who are fighting on this undercard that uh, Demopolis quitting dancing six weeks ago to become a full-time fighter, that just shouldn't, that shouldn't be a story in the UFC anymore. These fighters should be paid to a point where this is your full-time job. And when you get that, the quality of competition raises up. And that is good for everybody. So just a thought there. Matt Favola taking on Gennaro Valdez, early candidate for round of the year. Favola needed that win bad and he gets it. And he's almost forced into a crazy fight. They talked about Favola being a bit of a slow starter. Valdez wouldn't let him be that. It was nonstop pressure from the beginning and it's a good strategy, but it ends up costing him in this fight as Favola knocks him down like 15 times. It was absolutely crazy, but Favola showing that he can handle a firefight. I'm not saying this guy all of a sudden, boom, top 15, let's go. But He's at least going to be able to stay in the UFC for now. It was a, a crazy, crazy fight. Tony Gravely against Simone Oliveira. This was admittedly a tough one to keep focused on, as it looked like Oliveira was like a created fighter in the UFC, and I've just started doing the campaign mode, or career mode, sorry, on the UFC game. And, like, you have to... The, the further you get into your career, the more kind of abilities that you unlock. And it seemed like Oliveira has only unlocked the one submission. And just his entire game plan was relying on, well, Gravely's going to get sloppy and I'm going to get him in a choke. And Gra- Gravely knew that. And he did a lot of real creative things to get away from the chokes. Like instead of just straight trip takedown, boom, into your guard. Oh shit, I'm being choked. He was a, he sidestepped it beforehand and did almost like a hockey slew foot to get a takedown. And then you're into side control, which is I an mean, advantageous position anyway, but now you've avoided any leverage that the uh, that, that the opponent has to try to lock you into a submission. So I thought a really smart game plan from Gravely, um, and I'm, I know I'm pronouncing it differently, but uh, for, for Oliveira, it just, it felt too reliant on, well, this guy who is a UFC fighter is going to be sloppy. I, I just, I didn't like the game plan at all from Oliveira. I, I, there just there wasn't a whole lot that I was impressed with from Oliveira, to be perfectly honest with you. The most impressive thing that he had was his ability to half-threaten with a guillotine for a second from a lot of weird angles. And that's just, eh, for me. So I, I'm i not saying he needs to be cut after one UFC fight, but I just, I need to see a lot more from him. One fighter who I did see a lot more from, this is someone who was kind of my most improved of the evening. Uh, we have Jake Della Maddalena taking on Pete Rodriguez on short notice. I thought Della Maddalena had a fantastic performance on the feet. Really impressive standoff, uh, sorry, stand-up. Worked off of a technically sound jab and just had very good sense of distance control. Very accurate as well. Some of the power stuff was coming from weird angles and some of the time that can take away from your power a little bit. But overall, I thought this was a strong fight. Like One of the things I like to say is the fundamental are fundamentals for a reason like those that is the most efficient and effective way to um to to go about things and so because of that that that's where the the most power can come from but if you're more comfortable throwing it from your hips sometimes that works and sometimes like Keith Jardine made a career out of it that's probably not the most um topical example but you know what I mean 
but if there if there was one thing he could work on, that was something that I kind of noticed. But no question, he he is someone who I'm I'm rather interested in um, in seeing now at 170 pounds. And, and for Rodriguez, just had no answer for a lot of the counters that uh, Madalena had. He just he clearly wasn't on this level. Rodriguez four zero coming into the UFC, taking it on short notice, and. Just not not a fight that someone should be having on their UFC debut. It, it was obviously a level too far for him. Interested to see what he does in his next fight. Uh, next one, round, uh, Honey Barcelos taking on Victor Henry. A crazy fight. Really impressive stuff from Henry, um, who was the one of the biggest underdogs on the card. He weathers the storm early, landed with a lot of force and a lot of volume, and he seemed to improve as the fight went on. For Barcelos, landed with a bunch of volume and also landed with power, but he just couldn't keep Henry off of him the whole fight. And that was, that, that that just seemed to be like, Barcelos looked like he was trying to get on that front foot, but Henry just never let him. It was just constantly in his face the whole time. A very impressive game plan from someone who was a three to one underdog. Very impressive stuff. I, I was really, really happy to see that from Henry. And it's, it's a tough one for Barcelos. We'll see how he is able to bounce back from that. Michael Morales taking on Trevin Giles for Morales. I, there is This is, again, another extremely raw prospect, but this was an impressive showing. He's able to catch Giles reaching, and he ends up getting stopped for it. So for, for Morales, it's not picture-perfect, oh my god, this guy is the next big thing, but... It's, it's a good performance from a young fighter who only has room to grow. I'm I, Again, another one. I'm, I'm excited to see him fight after this. Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Cody Stamen. Nurmagomedov just locks in the choke and it's over. It was quick. It, it was good composure with Stamen coming in and pressuring him, but it's it didn't feel like a choke that Stamen should have been caught in. It just felt a little bit sloppy. And for someone who I was surprised got a top 15 ranking anyway, this was not the performance I thought he needed. This, this knocks Stamen down in my books quite a bit and now I, I want to see Nurmagomedov against uh, with all due respect to Stamen against legitimate top 15 um, competition so we'll, we'll see what happens there but this was also the third fastest submission in bantamweight history real interesting bout between Michelle Pereira and Andre Fialo in the welterweight division I was impressed with Fialo's technique especially when he was able to come forward but the thing that I really liked was how Pereira was able to turn the tide in this fight because Fialo had a lot of that forward momentum going and that can be a difficult thing to stop and turn around and then win in 15 minutes but Pereira was able to really land with some impressive uh, impact uh, I thought the power punches were landing for sure he was able to keep his moments of wild at a minimum and for someone who has the technique and the power that he possesses he is a dangerous fighter if he can just kind of kind of corral that a little bit and able to and is able to to focus a lot of that energy he'll still do a couple crazy things per fight and that's going to keep him him but th this was maybe the most impressed i've been with Pereira. but i also fialo is someone who again the, the story of this night he is someone who I want to see again. He is someone who I am impressed with now that I, I, I would like to see maybe against a, a slightly lesser competition. And then we get into the main fights. Brandon Moreno taking on Davison Figueredo for the flyweight championship. The, the key in this fight was Figueredo, a much more patient approach. Moreno, you could see the game plan was kind of use Figueredo's aggression against him, whether it be wearing him down um, in from a cardio sense or specifically in the early parts of the fight, try to counter him quite a bit and, and take advantage of the aggression that way. And he just wasn't able to do that because Figueredo had, was much more measured in this approach. Another thing, those leg kicks were a killer against Moreno. And it, I, I think that was also something that kind of slowed the fight. It just felt like 
in the first couple of fights, it felt like Figueredo had another gear that he could get to, and he just never really fully shifted into it. And this was kind of the same thing for Moreno. I, I thought at some point you have to recognize the, the countering game plan isn't working and maybe start to press the action a little bit. But I'm, I'm so incredibly impressed when you have a fighter who loses a championship and is able to regroup and not just, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, man. That's what I do. That's what fighters do. They fight. He was able to assess that there were some issues with how he was doing things, go get other opinions and evolve his game plan. And I, I have so much respect for fighters who are able to do that, kind of put the ego at the door. And I was I was skeptical about Figueredo coming into this fight. I, I thought that there was too much excuse making and it, it just, it felt like it had kind of passed him by. And now to see the results of him taking it seriously, very impressed. Very impressed with Davis and Figueredo in this one. And, like, Moreno had a good fight, too. This is, like, the, the pro wrestling fight forever chance. I, I could see these guys fight forever. Now in the main event, Francis Ngannou taking on Cyril Gaon. And you talk about a fighter evolving. Plan A, the plan that everyone thought Francis Ngannou had coming in. Well, it's the guy who can... And we, we criticize this narrative going in, but it's the guy who's the skilled striker, the fluid striker. He's so quick taking on the knockout artist. All, all, his, the only route to victory is knock this dude out. Well, turns out that was wrong, because plan B was one that no one knew he had. One thing that really struck me about this, I mean, uh, multiple things actually really struck me about this. First of all, the evolution of Francis Ngannou, and we talked about this before, you have a kid who, like, this is as raw of a prospect as there was in mixed martial arts, and he just got a little bit better each time, and a little bit better each time, and then... He's only fighting once a year in 2020 and 2021. You don't think he's at the gym getting better day in, day out? He is absolutely committed to this craft. And that whole narrative that he's out just on vacation was bullshit. And we all knew it was bullshit. Um, but it's just the UFC being the UFC. Ah, it sucks that we give them so much money. But for for Francis Ngannou, again... So impressed by the commitment to excellence of Francis Ngannou to go out, recognize that you have this absolute nuclear weapon that is life-altering power in your hands, and to not just rely on that, but to evolve your skills as a mixed martial artist in a way that specifically suits the fighter you are going up against is just mwah. Next level, great stuff from Francis Ngannou. And it kind of ties into the next point, which is uh, another one of the things that struck me, is you can see why Francis left his old gym where Cyril Gaon is now. I thought the... And full disclosure, again, I am not fluent in French, and it seemed like the translation was wee bit spotty on the, the, the UFC broadcast, but from what we were gathering from the Gone Corner, there wasn't enough technical advice about how to get out of the situations that Gaon was doing, or... Coming out of the second round, there wasn't enough advice about how to further take advantage of the situation that you created for yourself. Whereas in Ngannou's corner, it was quick, succinct, unified message to Ngannou. It was cornering 101. That is what every corner in mixed martial arts should be. I, I thought the corner for Ngannou had a perfect night. For for Ciro Gon, like he still beats almost everyone. At heavyweight. And I think an inter it would be an interesting rematch with Francis Ngannou now that Francis doesn't have this crazy card that no one knew he had to play to see how Cyril Gaon would respond from that. But I I'm interested to see how Gaon responds from this just in general. This was a, a bit of a heated feud. And we have seen in the past, fighters lose in these heated feuds and it just, it ends up not going fantastic. So we'll, we'll see how he is able to mentally bounce back from that, but still an incredibly talented prospect in the, the UFC's heavyweight division. 
The last thing that I want to bring up on the, the UFC subject, we talked about fighter pay a little bit, but just an example of this. You have Francis Ngannou, as we know, making just uh, $600,000 for this fight, which, look, for a lot of us, $600,000 is, is good money. Um, but for Francis Ngannou, for the heavyweight champion of the world, that is a little underwhelming. When you look at what just happened in boxing this week, where there was a purse bid to see who would get the, the right to host or to, to promote Fury against White, um, they they had a bid, every promoter got a chance to put in. Matchroom, one of the, the biggest promotions in the world, bid $32 million, $32.2 million dollars and was outbid by Queensberry Promotions, winning the bid with $41.025 million. And this is just for the purse. This is just how much they are paying the two fighters. The fighters involved are um, Tyson Fury, obviously, we know him, heavyweight champion of the world, uh, Thirty-two will make $32.2 million in this fight. He is the A-side in this bout, $32.2 million. He is the boxing equivalent of Francis Ngannou, who again made $600,000 the other night headlining a pay-per-view in Anaheim, California. $600,000. Dylan White, who casual sports fans, I will even say hardcore sports fans, wouldn't be able to pick this dude up off the street. You could go to most sports bars across North America and have Dylan White introduce himself as Dylan White to people and it's not going to register with him, but it'll register with some. You, you'll, you'll catch a boxing fan or two. It's like, oh shit, Dylan White. But for the most part, a guy who can be relatively anonymous, not really adding a whole lot to the pay-per-view as a draw, making $8.2 million. Ask again why Francis Ngannou wants to go into boxing. Ask again why UFC fighters at the top of UFC cards are getting so frustrated about UFC fighter pay. There are downsides that come with this type of payout, these types of payouts, for sure. These boxers don't fight as often as UFC fighters do, and it becomes a little bit more difficult to put matches together when you have some of these uh, issues. Now, promoters are certainly not perfect otherwise from the payment of these, and it gets a, a little bit sketchy, and there's a lot wrong with how, how boxing does things, but... The, the UFC's mantra has always been, look, we can put on the best fights. Well, if you're not, if you're cheaping out and not bringing Francis Ngannou back, you're not putting on the best fights. And that this is just a clear, clear example of how wide that gap is between UFC fighters and boxers. The music that you hear is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram, at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be. And you can also find their producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. The Royal Rumble is now just a day away, and here to help uh, help us break it all down, the band is back together in the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. He is G. Rana. G, always a pleasure, sir. How are you today? Yeah, man. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's Rumble season, so uh, there's always intrigue. There's always... Uh, Rumble is always, like, as much as I'm not a huge fan of WWE, especially in recent years, uh, Rumble is always one of those events that is... It's always something that I look forward to on the calendar, whether I'm doing something or not. I'll always end up catching a replay of it. And especially in recent years, like I, there, there was a time where I want to say it was in the mid to 2010s where I just I, I couldn't be bothered. But mm -hmm. I'd still tune in now, uh, recent years anyway, since I want to say like 2018, maybe 
uh, it's it's definitely picked up my intrigue anyways, uh, especially this year, because there's no real clear cut winner when it comes to the men's and women's side. Right. Um, men's side, though, if you look at the actual Royal Rumble card, there could be some hints as to who might win on the men's side. But on the women's side, it's kind of all, all up in the air. And I enjoy that. I, I like being uh, surprised. And, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Like we we do a, a Royal Rumble pool here where you just like draw out numbers and oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I've been part of that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and when we're allowed to have such gatherings again, you will be again. Um, but I, it's always disappointing when you hand someone a number and then that person comes out and it's like, oh, they don't have a chance at this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. I feel like there's obviously going to be some of those, of course. Sure. But like we're, we're going to, there's a lot where it's like, yeah, that could do it. Um, so we'll we'll get into to previewing the whole show. I do. Uh, I know I started with Royal Rumble. I do. I don't know why I'm flailing around my driver's license. Only you can see that. But um, I do want to start. I need proof of ID, man. Right. Yeah. Just just so you know, like I, I'm going yeah. I, I now just talk with my ID and my Vax card out. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I do want to start it's with... real weird these days. Fuck. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've been in my spare room for too long oh, now. But I, I want to start with AEW. Um, yeah. Last night was, or uh, as we're taping this, it was last night, two nights ago, um, when people are listening to this, was AEW Dynamite. It was Beach Blast from the beach place. Cleveland, of, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. That was weird. That was Very really, weird. really weird. Um, I thought weird. it was hilarious when Tony Schiavone had, um, oh, yeah. had what's it, uh, Ricky Starks and, um, and Hobbs out there. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Like, oh yeah, we're out on the beach. We're freezing our asses off. But holy shit, what a show that was. What a show. Very nice. Very evil show. Loved every minute of that. Like, you start things off with that ladder match. And holy shit. Like, Sammy Guevara, what are you doing to your body? And how are you still able to walk and talk and do everything that you're able to do? He did a cutter off a ladder, which looked picture perfect. Yeah. But at the same time, was just like, oh. That sucks. And then he did a, what was it? Like almost a swanton off a 12 foot ladder and just a bounce back. Like the ricochet effect was just, it hurt. It hurt watching that. And yeah, like the, the actual match itself was beautiful. It was perfect, pure violence. But then you look back like the booking on it. Why would Cody be the TNT champion in the first place? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm if they're just going to put the belt back on Guevara. Yeah. I thought that was strange. Um, and like the, the, the story took a bit of a turn because there was that interim belt that was included in it. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and so like, maybe, maybe because of that plans changed, but I don't I know guess. if you should be so aggressively changing plans just off of like one or two week things. Like it's, yeah, it, it, it I I'm with you. I, I thought like Sammy would have some amazing spots and then maybe do like, Oh, he tried one too many things and Cody climbs up and gets it. Sure, but yeah. I, like, I, I was, I was happy with Sammy Guevara getting it. And yeah. I know like he said some unfortunate things a couple of years ago. I, I am mm-hmm. hoping he has learned from that. Cause God damn, is that guy fun to watch? So fun to watch. And I mean, it, it we talked about it in our best and worst of shows a few weeks ago. Sammy Guevara to me has just improved leaps and bounds this past year. And it's, it's, it's crazy to watch him now compared to when he was in the first ever, like, you know, first ever dynamite match essentially against Cody and, and like the confidence level of him as a performer, as a guy on the mic, like he is, he's improved leaps and bounds and it's so fun to watch. 
And there's a reason why, and, and I, I said it before, like the, the whole notion of these pillars, like it's, it's cute. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a selling point, but mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a reason why Tony Khan is looking at Sammy Guevara as like, yeah, I can build with this guy in the future because yeah. he is so, so talented. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Some of the stuff that like the how fluid that cutter off the ladder was yeah. like that. That should not look Beautiful. that smooth like that. You couldn't do no. that on a video game that smooth if you wanted to, in part because no. the wrestling video games suck. But um, yeah. like you could like that. That's it's it's incredible what he was able to do. And after that, like the the obvious thing I want to talk to you about. And you, you referenced it with a, a very nice, very evil show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dan Housen, I thought it, yes. you probably put it together. But when he popped out, that was the moment I texted you on Wednesday night. I was hey, like, so, are you watching this right now? <laughs> so normally you and I don't really text when, when we watch wrestling shows, unless there's something major, something yeah. huge, you know? Like, I, I'm pretty sure you texted me, uh, what was it? It's All Out, I believe. When I, when was, what was the show? Uh, Adam Cole, Daniel Brown, or Brian Danielson. That was All Out, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you texted me afterwards. He was like, yo, did you watch this? I was like, no, not yet. And so I, I just assumed that it was going to be massive. Um, I texted you about um, when Red Dragon uh, came to mm-hmm. AEW. And you never texted me back. Thanks, asshole. But, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. But like normally when we text each other about big things, you know, I'm expecting big things. And so when you texted me i was at work i was watching the bulls game let's go bulls we're having a good season uh, a few injuries here and there but you know what it's fine mm-hmm. um but uh when i got home from work and i watched dynamite i was honestly expecting like maybe it's gargano they're in cleveland he's from cleveland it could be gargano then when i watched it dan Housen comes out under the uh ring apron and i'm like Oh my God, this is fantastic. This is what yeah. I wanted. Uh, kind of weird in, in the sense of his debut, but like, hey, he's there. He's all elite now. And then, yeah, like it, I, I put it all together once I actually watched it because in my head, I was I was expecting, you know, something major, something big. And Danhausen is big for me. And so, yeah, yeah like it, it was it was great. Again, I was expecting Gar- Gargano, but like, hey, I'll, t- I'll take uh, I'll take Danhausen. I'm going to now start texting you about random shows. Like, man, you see dark elevation this week. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that Layla it, Hirsch match was unbelievable. <laughs> man, she can really cut a promo. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought Excalibur did a great job on commentary. I wanted to draw your attention to it. Um, hey, Taz said something. Yeah. You should really watch yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like AEW, like we, we can, say it all day yeah, they're in they're yeah. in such a good spot right now and yeah, yeah. like they, they could put on a two-hour show every day of the week and it would be entertaining with the amount of talent they have now and now i don't know how dan Housen fits into the the realm with the best friends or anything like that but if we got a a dan Housen best friends whatever i am i am all the way in on that well dan Housen is is uh he's done work with orange cassidy for gcw and whatnot mm-hmm. in in the past and so there's a history there, but like, I think how you utilize Dan Housen is like, he can, he's kind of, he, you can put him all over the place because he's comedy. He can actually wrestle. Now he is dealing with a broken leg. And so I don't think we're going to see him in the ring for at least a little while now, but like he he's, you can put him on the mic. He cuts hilarious promos. And so, yeah, like you can, you can just put him out there as entertainment essentially. 
Yeah, for now. Yeah, he's just for he's now. just fun. And with all the stuff yeah. that they do on social media, um oh my and like different yeah. shows, like he's gonna be he's gonna be perfect on any like shoulder programming they do on YouTube or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's get into the uh, the Royal Rumble here. Um, the, the now that we've talked about the fun stuff, uh, but like you said, like I, I I am looking forward to the, this Royal Rumble. I have not enjoyed the build to this Royal Rumble, but I am going no. to enjoy the product of the Royal Rumble. So let's just run through it here. Uh, we'll just go match by match. We will start. Uh, they have at the bottom Roman Reigns against Seth Rollins. Um, I won't start with that. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start with Becky Lynch against Dewdrop. Which pains this me the to easiest, say every time. Yeah, this is the easiest uh, yeah. scenario right now. Like Becky wins, so, right? Yeah, yeah. It, the the buildup has been eh. The match yeah. will be oh, and that will be that. Yeah. And Dewdrop yeah. will go back to the middle middle of the card, which is where everyone on Raw's women's division right now is. And that's fucking sad, but yep, it's it's true. Yeah, um, the grit couple against the it couple or whatever. As um, Edge and Beth Phoenix take on Miz and Maurice, so this build has been fine. Like it, it hasn't blown me away or anything like that. It's cool to see Beth Phoenix uh, out there, uh, and like yeah. Miz is always entertaining. Edge is always entertaining. It, it hasn't redefined the genre, but I, I thought the build's been fine, and I think uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix come away with a win here. Same, same, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the TV segments have been, um, they've been okay. Um, I. Yeah, I think Maurice is should be charged for abuse, essentially like abuse with a weapon, you know, <laughs> taking a brick in the purse. But hey, whatever, it is what it is. But yeah, no, um, the the Edge and Beth Phoenix, what do they call them? The the grit. Yeah, grit the the couple. grit couple. Yeah, that's um, the the, the t shirts are flying off everywhere. Oh before. yeah. Um, okay, it's well, right up there, it's right up there with Brock Lesnar's flannel shirt. Like you know, it's it's <laughs> it's right up there. Daniel Bryan's white shirt. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. So now let's get to Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns for the yeah. WWE Universal Championship. This frustrates me. Like th- there yeah. was there was an easy way you could have told Seth Rollins is going over to SmackDown to challenge for the championship. Like, hey, this guy had a number one uh, contenders match. He won in a ladder match. And then that match got turned into a fatal four way. We're throwing him a bone by giving him this title match here. That like easy to explain, but instead it's just like, ah, I created you. <laughs> now I'll kill you. <laughs> like it's fucking hey, laugh every time. God. Anytime. Like there are a few things that just like completely kill the illusion for me in wrestling. And a lot of times in like actual things now these days, whenever someone sure. maniacally laughs, human beings don't do that. That's not what people no. do. So a pro wrestler doing that. No. And then also like, Anytime you have the creepy character now do like the head tilt sideways or like a couple weird twitchy things. It's like, yeah, that's not what people do. So uh, don't do that. So those are the things that kind of take me out of it. Seth Rollins, like Seth Rollins is like weird performance of the Joker is not really doing it for me. I also don't know who I'm supposed to be cheering for in this match. I want them both to lose. I want the ring to explode. So um, the match will be good. But again, I think this whole thing's stupid. I agree. Um, I I think it's fucking absurd that when these two, well, so when Seth freaking Rollins and Kevin Owens were on Raw, like they took basically all of the spotlight away from Big E when he was champion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like you should be uplifting your champion. Your champion should be the be all and end all on Raw. And you have three fucking hours to get there. But no, we're going to talk about Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins. And you know what? Like, 
to their credit, their chemistry is is great. Like they, I think they are hilarious at times. Um, but with this, it's I it's I I agree with you. Like it it is frustrating, and and I feel like it's almost been hot shot a little bit. Like it's it's been very fast. Yeah, and they almost no build up. Well, I mean there has been build up, but not to the same extent to like a championship match. Um, I don't see Roman losing here uh, because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Um, and where Rollins and and Owens go from here, it's I I think the writing is kind of on the wall. I mean they're going to be feuding afterwards, I assume. So yeah, yeah, yeah like I just to me, like I said, there's no baby face, no heel. Um, no. You have a, sma- a raw guy on SmackDown, which is supposed to not be able to happen. And this is when the brand split fell apart. The first time was when they got really loosey goosey with these types of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like when, when the brand split first started, I actually appreciated like, Oh man, Eric Bischoff just poached fucking Scott Steiner from, uh, from SmackDown. Yeah. And, and they made like a three for one trade, like Booker T and the Dudley boys get traded to, to SmackDown for triple H. Cause he doesn't want to work Tuesdays. Like I, yeah. I appreciated at least the creativity involved. And so if you can tell me a logical reason why a guy went from Monday to Friday, then fine, go for it. But there's just, there, there's no logical storytelling involved in this. No, and, and it, it just, it takes you out of it and it makes you not want to be excited for any time that there's a draft or a brand split right. or anything because we all know that it's going to fizzle out in six to eight months yeah. or even shorter. And so why even bother getting excited? And because, I mean, you get results like this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and this is why I liked the, um, the draft happening basically right after WrestleMania, where it's like, it's, it's a new season now. But now you have sure, it in sure. you have it in October. Then you have that weird Survivor Series where it's the Battle of the Brands and no one knows what show anyone's on. And then you get into a Royal Rumble where everyone's in the same thing anyway. Like you don't really establish any brand, whatever. And no. so, like when Seth Rollins popped up on uh, on SmackDown, I was like, oh, okay, well that's it. Wait a minute. Like it wasn't yeah. immediately. Oh shit, it's a Raw guy on SmackDown. It's oh Seth Rollins is here. Yeah, yeah. And the way that he showed up, you know, with the whole knocking of the. Uh roman's old theme essentially like it's yeah. like i i get what i get what they were trying to pull off here but it hasn't worked and yeah, yeah like it's just it's yeah yeah i mean it aside from becky lynch like this one is kind of the uh, second obvious for me mm-hmm. in terms of who wins so yeah there's no way roman's like run is ending right now i, I just no. i don't i don't no. see that at all um this one i'm intrigued by the yes. WWE championship on the line as Brock yeah. Lesnar defends against Bobby Lashley. Hey, I'm just, I'm amped that we're getting this match. I'm, I'm surprised I mean, it's happening it took at the long enough. It, it, right. it took a fucking long enough, but we actually, we're finally getting it. Yes. And, and I, yeah. I feel like the build's been good too. Sorry. I keep cutting you off. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. The build has been good. Uh, but I'm still very sour that Biggie had to lose his title for this to happen and yeah. it, like that that still that still irks me it still pisses me off because it basically brought it remind it almost reminds me of lesnar versus kofi again you know mm-hmm. yeah and, where kofi and, just kind of faded into a tag team role again yeah yeah and i fucking hate that I hate yeah. that so much, but I, I kind of alluded to it at the start of the program. Like both men's and women's, you 
there's you don't really know who is going to come out at the favorites, but there's a match on here on the card that might kind of show you who might win. And I think this might be it because in my head, I think Lesnar loses here and then goes into the rumble. And then we'll talk about that later, Mm. but I think Lesnar loses here. And um, yeah, I think Lashley gets his title back. Okay. Uh, that, that's interesting because I, I, I kind of agree with you. I wonder if one of the steps is a little different, though. I wonder okay. if Brock still wins this match, and yeah. then goes into the Rumble and wins. Um, yeah. And like I just, I wonder because because they said out loud on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, champion versus champion, and they had the graphic ready of the two belts kind of slamming into each other. Like they they had stuff ready for the Universal yeah. Champion against the WWE Champion. I just, I wonder. You have two nights of WrestleMania. Do you okay. go vengeance all over again um, okay. at yeah. the, the most stupendous two night event in the history of two night events? <laughs> um, do you have like kind of the the Raw and SmackDown or the the Universal and whatever championship on the line on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday it's the match for the Universal or for the the undisputed championship? Huh. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I just feel, though, that you're holding up both of your big titles for this. Mm-hmm. And then what's your long-term story afterwards? Like, are we going to have these two go at it like they have been? Like, I, by these two, I mean Lesnar and Rollins. Or Rollins. Lesnar and Reigns go at it the same way that we've been seeing them go at it for the past few years to the point where I just got sick of it. And a lot of people got sick of it. Yeah. Now, is that what we're going to be having after mania? And with that, like, again, you're holding up two of your big titles. And so what really is like, what's the point of the Royal rumble then? Do you get Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, no. And that's fair. Um, I just, I feel like a, Raw's ratings, while they've been a little bit better without um, the the football in the way, this has been like all-time lows for Raw for a while now. And I wonder if USA and the folks over at NBC are like, hey, like it'd be kind of nice if we had one of those guys over here. And so that way you can get a Roman Reigns on both shows. And now we're getting into overexposure and stuff like that. But I wonder if that's how WWE kind of combats some issues they're having on the Raw side where like you have the hottest thing in the WWE right now for two years has been Roman Reigns. And I mean, in their mind, it's been for a decade, but in reality, it's been two years. And then to have him on both shows and kind of please both makers. So I'm, I'm looking at it from their side, from like the, the Royal rumble standpoint, if you have a champion go in and win it, it's, it's new and it's unique. Um, And like, honestly, you could see them doing it on the SmackDown or on the the women's side as well with Charlotte saying she's going into it. Like I just, I, I wonder if we are working towards a world where there's only like one champion of the men, one champion of the women, and they just go between both shows. Okay. Yeah. I can see like almost a unification yeah. at, at mania. Um, does that intrigue me though? Like, and this is just me personally, uh, a little bit, a little bit, but again, going back to just mania or a, the rumble itself like it's it's always very intriguing mm-hmm. and i feel that the winner in recent years basically since 2018 the winner it's it brings so much of a new element to what is usually let's be honest reigns at mania you yeah know what i'm saying yep so, no for sure 
Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't mind the unification. I think it's, it's, it definitely simplifies your booking and it definitely simplifies, you know, who's, who's going to be your top guy or top gal. Um, yeah, like I don't mind it. Uh, but you know me, I'm Booker G and I like to book things sometimes and, yeah. and, and being creative with it. And so just kind of the way that I would go about it, um, I can see Lesnar losing here, Lesnar going into the rumble, maybe winning it. And then obviously, you know, Lesnar versus Reigns at mania, or you can have Lesnar versus Reigns at mania in a different way, whether it be like, you know, a build up out on SmackDown or on raw or whatever it is. Yeah. Or I can also see, and hopefully, hopefully this works because I, I talked about him like just literally five minutes ago. I want to see Big E win and then Big E take on Lashley again because yeah. that would be cool. Because, like, I think they did a, a huge disservice to Big E right there. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Um, and that that is, like, the thing that would get me to pop the most, I think, would be Big E winning. Like, that that would get yeah. the, the most positive reaction out of me would be yeah. him winning. And then uh, whether now that we said that, now that we said that, you know, we said something positive about it. It's not going to happen, man. It's the WWE. Come on. Yeah. And with that, and with that said, hashtag free Ali. I want to, I want to get that out there. I want to get that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Biggie would be one. If, if Mustafa Ali won the, the, the the Royal (laughs) Rumble, that'd be my second, uh, my second. Um, But yeah, in terms of guys who could win it, like, Okay. We, we both established whoever loses the WWE championship match. I, Cause I could see Lashley losing it, going back in and winning the rumble again. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and like, I'm with you. I like, I, I think it's not the most realistic possibility, but I think there's a world Big E wins it and Brock Lesnar. Um, another dark horse for me is AJ styles. I okay. think, I think that would be kind of a, Hey, we know we saddled you with a guy who can't work or talk uh, for the last yeah. year. And so here's kind of your thanks for doing us a favor thing. Uh, and he's all of a sudden rocketed back into the world title picture. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind that at all because I was just going to say they kind of need to give him something tangible. They need to give him something to sink his teeth back into because he is legitimately one of the top five wrestlers on the face of the planet. Yeah. And he is not so much, like he has at times carried your fucking company and, and yeah, like why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you see any other dark horses that could maybe pop up and win this thing? Um, Maybe Kevin Owens. Mm, Yeah. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Maybe Kevin Owens. Um, Maybe whoever they think is a mystery um, entrant. Uh, Now I keep on hearing rumors that like, you know, Oh, it might be somebody from new Japan. Oh, it might be somebody from the Indies or, or not Indies, but like from impact or something like that. And if they really want the whole shock factor, because WWE tends to do this where they want the shock, they want that moment. They want to be in the headlines. It might be like, you know, an, an outside entrance. I don't foresee it happening. Like I like legitimately, I don't see fucking Okada walking out there. Like it would be cool, but yeah. I don't see Okada coming out there. Now in terms of impact people, because I mean, we'll, we'll, touch on the women's side uh pretty soon here with mickey james but from the impact side i don't really see a whole lot of ex wwe guys or maybe even really like if you look at impact rosters or yeah the roster 
pretty much a whole lot of them have been ex WWE guys. Like I don't, I don't see, I don't know, fucking big casts coming out there. I mean, yeah. he might, he might, but yeah, like in terms of legitimate winners, I like AJ Styles. I like Kevin Owens. Um, unless they really want to like strap the rocket on them, Damian Priest, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. God, I hate that gimmick too. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of it, but like I'm looking at maybe just maybes right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I um I, I wonder in terms of surprises, like I think we get an LA night in this. Um, oh, I yeah. think this is kind of his introduction to the main roster. Yeah. I worry about Braun Breaker. Um yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I like he probably shows up in the Royal Rumble. A, I, he's not winning it. And B, I don't think it means he's on the main roster. I think it's just, oh, hey, here's this guy. Yeah, um, I mean, like, like they've done that before with um, Andrade. They did that with before with Adam Cole, yep. Johnny Gargano as well, you know. So, I mean, like, there is a precedent there where if you come out to the Rumble, you're not necessarily on the main roster. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Even though I'm not a huge fan of NXT right now. It's unwatchable. Like, yeah, I, I, I will, I, I will see you're not a big fan and I will one up you. I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> I love, I love how you have become me. What? <laughs> like three years ago. Yeah. I think, I think it's because you don't have the corporate umbrella underneath you or over top of you. Right. Yeah. That that's probably it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to like, it, it's, it's a little difficult sometimes. And I'm not like, I wasn't lying. When I was on the thing, I was just choosing to look at things no, a bit no, no. more positively. Um, but it is yeah, a bit yeah. difficult sometimes to be like, hey, can we uh, get an interview with one of your guys? And then for the other uh, three segments of our show, we're going to shit on your product entirely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot easier to to um, to kind of work up the chutzpah to get some Ring of Honor um, guests, because that, that was yeah. like, we, we were big fans oh, of Ring of Honor. then. That um, was fun as hell, man. Oh, man, it was so sweet. Um yeah. Yeah, and now now that that show gone, and so is Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I Braun Breaker, I think Braun Breaker wins the 2023 Royal Rumble. Like I think he needs a year of just like being the dude down there and figuring out sure. like refining the promo and stuff like that. Like there's something there, for sure, yeah. not in that name, but there's something. No, there. no, like I, I they kind of lost me on the character when they just changed it from rex steiner to braun breaker now i understand that might have been braun breaker's own by his own accord like he wanted to wanted to kind of just step away from the steiner name but like you have the steiner name and, right and if there's one thing that wwe loves it's second or third generation stars like they love that shit yeah and, and with what you said like yeah i can see braun breaker winning in the next few years Honestly, it might just be fast forwarded because it's Vince. Vince is fucking in control of NXT and WWE. Like he he might just be like, oh, fuck that. You're coming up to the main roster tomorrow. Damn it. Yeah. And and you're going to be Breaker Braun. Um, Like, yeah, um, I the thing that gets me, it's like it's not even like it's he can hide who he is like. When the, the second he opens his mouth, you're not, oh my God, that's yeah. a Steiner. Like, you know exactly yeah. who his relatives are when you look at him yeah. and when you hear him talk. I think that it, it's, it just, it, it's totally overthinking in the wrong areas, which is classic WWE. Yeah. In on to the women's. Oh, sorry. Hey, hold on. Sorry. I was just going to say, and speaking of Vince, maybe Austin Theory, who knows? Oh God. <laughs> Those have been like, I need to go back. Painful to watch, dude. Painful to watch. It is at the point. I have had to go back a couple of times and watch old stuff to remember 
that the Mr. McMahon character was actually one of the best characters in wrestling history because it yeah. is so bad. It is tarnishing the legacy of one of the great heels in the history of this business sure. with the yeah. like, like it's just him being able to vent about people 20 and or uh, 30 and under now like it's bro that's what that's what fucking nxt is that's what the majority of their characters are like vince is seeing all these characters be like oh you know what you're like i'm gonna make you say this i hate millennials i hate i hate cancel culture that's what you're gonna that's what your gimmick is now that's what nxt 2.0 is it's basically vince just using his puppets to vent about his frustration and yes like what we're seeing on tv right now is basically him venting to Austin Theory about this generation and whatnot. Yeah. So it's it's fucking painful. Like I I don't I don't know how I don't know how somebody gets through three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, and it's just like, huh, that was a good product. And I just, dude, it it's it's it hurts my head right now. Yeah. The thing that gets me, like, I want to see the uh, ratings for main event. Like, who who is watching? <laughs> yeah. Who's watching Raw and SmackDown? I was like, you know what I need another fucking hour of this man let's tim just james. go tim james tim james <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> give me cedric alexander the problem is like i like all the guys who are working on main event yeah um, yeah oh we forgot another one vera is 100 percent debuting at this right i don't know man <laughs> I, I don't know they keep on saying he's coming but i don't know man maybe yeah. he took a left when he should have taken a right Maybe he's well, lost he, right now. Didn't he wrestle on main event? Like he, I, I don't know. I don't I watch like main he, event, dog. Yeah. I, I heard someone say that he did. I haven't watched main event. Um, I don't think I've ever watched. I watched the first one. That's not true. I watched the first one. They did like an IC sure, title yeah, yeah. change on it way back yeah, in the yeah. day. Um, yeah. But anyway, now I'm really off topic. Uh, the women's Royal right. Rumble is. It's not like we have a time constraint. Right. That's fair. Um, okay. Well then back on that. I kind of miss when the secondary shows meant something. You know, like sure. I, yeah. I miss when Sunday Night Heat was actually impactful. Um, yeah. Velocity never was. I just really enjoyed it. And living in Assiniboia, Saskatchewan, the only way I got any SmackDown content was through Velocity because we didn't have the channel sure. that had this, um, that had SmackDown. So I kind of yeah. miss, I kind of miss like WWF superstars, like when those secondary shows actually had meaning. Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned, you know, Cedric Alexander, like they, they legitimately have a lot of top tier talent and and they're just being shockingly saying like underutilized yeah and you know the the only way you can actually see guys like cedric or guys like well again free ali but like guys like him were is on you know main event and whatnot and that's it's fucking sad yeah because i mean I I might have been one of the very few who absolutely loved the 205 division. Like I mm-hmm. I I li- I grew up watching WCW, WCW because of their cruiserweights. I loved the cruiserweights back when I was a kid. And so when WWE came out with the 205 division, I was just like, fuck yeah, like this harkens back to my youth. Yeah, yeah there's no Billy Kidman, yeah, there's no Y2J, yeah, there's no Ray Mysterio, but they're still top-tier talent and I love watching them. And now what? I don't even watch 205 because what's the point? You know? Right. And, it's just, and... it's, it's NXT's main event. Like the, you, there isn't a weight yeah. limit. I don't think they have a championship anymore. Like they unified that with the, the North American title. Like, but yeah. when you think of that cruiserweight classic, Kota Ibushi oh, was in the cruiserweight yeah. classic. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, it seems like that guy can be a little bit out there when it comes to contract negotiations. Like, I don't, I don't know what motivates Kota Ibushi, but I don't know how you let that guy in your building and let him leave. 
Like, right. Um, right. And then like, and then have, also, 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 sorry, sorry to cut no, you what? off, but like with that tournament, Mustafa Ali wasn't even supposed to be in the tournament. He was like a fill-in essentially. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do with him? You know, like, yeah. Geez. And it's like, it's like you have the, even if you just wanted to start it up tomorrow and do it, like you have Ali, you have Cedric, you have like Drew Gulak, I think is still with the company. Um, you have him there. You have whatever, like Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. You have, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I've mentioned him yet, but you have Ricochet. Like you have all yeah, of these guys. Fuck. Rey Mysterio Jr. Put Dominic in there. He's skinny enough. You could pull it off. Yeah, um, yeah the tallest 205 you ever see, but like, right, fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like uh, Corey Hill, who somehow made uh, 155 sure, pounds yeah. off the Ultimate Fighter. Rest in peace. Nice. Um, That's a good reference. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, it, yeah. it shows right where my wheelhouse is that that reference <laughs> is from 15 years ago. <laughs> um, but like you have you have all of these guys that you could do something with and it would be entertaining. And Lord knows we need entertaining on Raw right now. Like it's a three hour show. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I've um I've thought because I've been doing Twitch a little bit more twitch.tv slash primetime PK. Um, I've thought about just like doing my own WWE universe. Like, hey, this is how I want it to be, and just doing oh it on my there. God. Um, dude, do it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. It'd have the legends in there too. So like the cruiserweight division would have like current day Rey Mysterio against Shawn Michaels. But um, that'd be fucking prime, right? I would enjoy it. Also bought Fire yeah. Pro Wrestling the other day. Really like oh, it. Oh, dude, the new one. Uh, yeah, like the the 2018 one. Yeah, yeah, the one that yeah. came out a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm awful at it. Uh, the gameplay <laughs> has taken a lot of adjusting to do because like you don't know when everyone's lined up and everything. It's weird, but like it's yeah, still yeah. you can download anyone you want, and there's exploding deathmatch. I had an exploding barbed wire deathmatch with Stone Cold against The Rock. It was it was crazy. Um, oh, shit, was was it slightly better than what they did on AEW? Yes, the the finish was much better for sure. Okay, fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, nope. I've been contemplating on getting that, but like I I hmm. basically just utilize my Switch more. Um, yeah. And, and I wish that they had a decent wrestling game on, on the Switch, but no real no real luck on that end. Yeah. Is Fire Pro Wrestling on the Switch? No, I wish it um, was. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be a perfect Switch game. Like, it's... Oh, my like God. Just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, I recommend it to anyone who's a wrestling fan out there. Um, okay, so now the Women's Royal Rumble match. Now that that tangent is over. Um, mm-hmm. th- this is another one where, like, like you said before, it feels wide open going yeah, into this yeah. Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, like the only, like, so some of the names that come to my head are some of the names that aren't really advertised right now. Like I'm looking at maybe Bailey, mm-hmm. you know, maybe uh, I'm trying to think right now, like would it actually work? But like it, there's a universe out there where Mickey James maybe wins as the impact champion with her impact music comes out there and, and, you know, actually stuns the world and, and actually wins it. But no, that's, that's never going to happen. But yeah. I think the obvious name right now is Ronda Rousey. Yeah. 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 Once that name got floated, it was like, Oh, well that's who's winning it then. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, In my like perfect dream world, that that scenario that I played out with the like the the unifying of the the men's title yeah, yeah. on yeah. the women's side, like I get Sasha's hurt right now, but you just have the four horsewomen, you know, like you just have have yeah. them face each other in one night, and then the winners face in the, the next one, and they unify the titles at WrestleMania, and that's that. Like that's to to me that is like the I kind like, of the culmination of this whole women's evolution thing. 
Yes, absolutely. And I like your scenario for the women's side more than your men's scenario. Okay. Um, in terms of unifications, because I, yeah, that four horsewomen, like they they didn't capitalize on it before. You have a chance now, and if if people are healthy, like fuck yeah, you run with it. Yeah, you run with it now more than ever, essentially. Um, yeah, I I would love that. Uh, also, you know what? It, it, I wouldn't mind if they run it back. Bianca Belair again. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the, the ways they could do this is, like, Big E wins the men's, Bianca wins the women's, and it's just, like, you, you've you just righted a wrong. Like, you, you've just kind of course-corrected from where you should have been all along with those two people being on top. Yeah, like, it's a shame that it had to come to this point, but if you if they actually went through with this, I, I'd be okay with it. Like, yeah. I'd be okay with it. In terms of um, kind of dark horses, I like your call of Bailey a lot. Um, yeah. I, I like that one. Another one I'm thinking of, like, again, I think we both think like the, the, the odds on favorites, probably Rhonda. Um, yeah. I, I would love it if I, I don't know where she's at in her recovery, but I think Oscar would be a cool one. I was just going to say, yeah, absolutely. I think so. You, you know, you mentioned kind of a uh, correcting of, of previous booking. I think if Oscar wins um, this is her, like, yes, she has won before, but I think that that moment was kind of almost taken away from her because Ronda Rousey had debuted. Mm-hmm. And that lasting image is still Ronda Rousey aimlessly pointing at a fucking sign when we should be talking about Asuka at that point, right? Yeah. And I feel like if, if you want to course correct it now, I'd be okay with Asuka. I, yep. Like, yeah, yeah. And this is one where I'd be happy if someone got called up from NXT and won because I would be all over Io Shirai winning. Sure, um, yes, that, absolutely. Yeah, that's been my yeah. surprise pick for like two years now. But I, I would yeah. be fully on board um, yeah. with Io Shirai, and I think like I'm not her hugest fan, but I, I think Raquel Gonzalez um, probably needs to make her debut here. I, I think NXT okay, 2.0 yeah. is not a is not a place for her anymore. No, no, I think she's very talented, and I think she's being shockingly underutilized. And yeah, just not used right in, in NXT. Now, I mean, we've how many times have we said that about NXT call-ups? Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm like, uh, but it is Vince who's running both now. And so, it, yeah, if he sees something in, in her, I mean, great, but who knows how long it'll last. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so depressing that that's how, how we talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. but yeah but no, it's like true I, though it's true it's it's not like we're shitting on the product but like it's true yeah it's, just, given it's, us... it's the evidence we've been given over the last like yeah. five years yeah 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 um but no like again this this all came across very negative um but i i am quite <laughs> i am quite looking forward to this show like I, I i think it Me will too. be fun uh, i think lesnar lashley has the chance to really suck but it also has the chance to be just unbelievable yeah Absolutely. I mean, you know, mentioned it before, like th- these two should have had a program or something years yeah. ago, years ago. But no, they, they stuck Bobby Lashley with some weird ass character with Lana. And then prior to that, he was talking about his sisters with Sami Zayn. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. why did it take you this long to capitalize on Lashley? Right. Yeah. Like this was the dream match for a long time. And now we're finally getting it. And like, again, the whole show is going to be good. The performers are going to be excellent. Um, it's just what, what they are told to do that might, uh, might frustrate us a little bit. Uh, gee, yeah. this was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for doing this. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be chatting again between now and WrestleMania. Yeah, man.
And you can look forward to my texts about uh, main event coming up next week. <laughs> or dark or elevation, right. whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. Just get me fake excited for something. And then I'll just be like, oh, fuck. Damn it. Damn it, Pete. He got me again. I think it'd be hilarious, but I don't even think it's worth the joke for me to watch a uh, main event. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> if I want to put myself through that just for the joke. <laughs> and it's funny because like, yeah, you can you can do that to me via text or whatever. But like down the road, we're going to have to meet in person and you're going to have to <laughs> answer for all of this. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Kind of keep your words. Uh, keep your words sweet because you might have to eat them later or something like that. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. All right, that is the show. Thank you guys so much for downloading. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe, wherever possible. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're putting a lot of video game stuff up on there right now. So just trying a lot of things right now. Um, but really hoping that this grows quite a bit here over the next few months as we're starting to see things growing again. And that's, that, that's always positive to see. So I'm back. I'm feeling good. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the shows and uh, hopefully you guys have your creative hats on because Clearwater Cleaning Solutions has a competition right now until January 31st. They need a name for their new mascot. They want your help. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn and help name their mascot by commenting on their post. The winning name will win a free residential cleaning. Find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. Um, also, you can find me, not this week because I was sick, but we had no idea. Our general history podcast comes out every Wednesday morning. Look into that one on Instagram as well. We had no idea podcast is where you can find it on Instagram. Happy to be back feeling good talking to you guys and we'll break down. We'll have, by the time I talk to you guys again, we'll know who's in the Super Bowl. We'll know who's won the Royal Rumble. Don't know how much of that we'll do on Monday, but we'll probably do some. And we'll be that much closer to the NBA trade deadline. It's a beautiful time for sports fans and hopefully you guys are along for the ride. It's been a lot of fun. Talk to you guys next week. I'm out.